guys and welcome to Watson Premier League, eighth match day after the international break and we have Tom Rennie with us. Tom, you were not very happy with the latest movie of James Bond, I heard. Do you know I wasn't? I, I don't want to ruin it for people. You know, I'm not one of those people that gives the spoilers, but um, apart from disliking the performances and the script and the ending and the general thin plot line, uh, it was okay. So as long as you don't value those things in movies, you're going to have a great time. <laughs> well, I am happy that you spent uh, greatly your time um, without the Premier League. Guys, ask any question to Tom, of course, in the comment section about James Bond, about uh, his wife, as in previous shows, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want. Whatever you want to know. I'm an open book. I also went to see the Sopranos movie, which was equally as bad. So wow. feel free to ask me about them, but I won't I give spoilers. I won't ruin the series. It's one of my favorite uh, series. I won't ruin it by watching the movie. And don't forget also, you can ask any question about football. He knows especially about that uh, or about karaoke as well. And press on the like button if you enjoy our videos, subscribe and click on the bell to get notifications. And now let's go on with the show. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I tried to jump in before the graphic. I tried to jump in. Uh, if it's early in the evening, band on the run. Late in the evening, Rocket Man. There you go. Mm. There's your karaoke Elton answer. Elton John, Rocket Man. <laughs> you are a romantic. You are a romantic. Let's start. What for Liverpool? We have uh, Ranieri, one of my favorite uh, coaches, actually, in football. Not because of the way his teams play, but actually I like the person. I haven't oh, met yeah. him, but he's a lovely person, I'm sure, from Roma, Romanista, as I am. So good for Watford, who fired Cisco Munoz. Now they have Ranieri after the defeat against Leeds, but pretty tough first game for Claudio Ranieri against Liverpool. We watched, perhaps you already forgot, but we watched a great game against Man City. 2-2. Two, two. Now they are playing also Atletico de Madrid and usually we see many surprises in this kind of match days. Uh, Tom, I don't know if you expect mm. here, for instance, a surprise. No. No, I don't expect a surprise here, in truth. Um, briefly on the two teams, Cisco was never going to last. You knew that. Everyone watching knew that. They were always going to sack him at some point. Um, even if they'd have got a draw at Leeds, which they probably deserved on the balance of the, the last 20 minutes when they held it to 1-0. Then they scored at what I thought was a legitimate goal, disallowed for, for almost no reasons. But whatever, they were always going to sack Cisco at some point this season. Surprised they brought in Ranieri because, I mean... They're one of the only clubs Ranieri's not already managed. He's had like 40 clubs during his career, which is ludicrous. Um, but last time he came in to do a similar job at Fulham, he was a terrible match and did a terrible job. Do I think this Watford squad is a bit better? Maybe, actually. Uh, maybe a bit stronger defensively than the Fulham he came into in disarray as the third manager of that season when he did. But I, I don't see it as a great match and I don't know what he's going to be able to get out of this Watford team. But certainly a better boss than Cisco Munoz. As for Liverpool... Um, injury issues, of course, D doubts about Diogo Jota, doubts about uh, Alexander-Arnold. We know Harvey Elliott and Thiago are going to be out already. There's the issue with the Brazilian players playing against Uruguay. So Fabinho probably missing, Alisson probably missing. They play like 30 hours or something before the game is meant to happen. So plenty of players out, but still most of the senior lads there. And Liverpool have looked very good 
um, going forward, certainly um, against City, they look good going forward. Defensively caught out by one of the best attacks in the league. And they certainly missed Alexander-Arnold going forward. I think they could have scored more than the two in that game if he was there. The Brentford game was an anomaly. Uh, again, good offensively, beaten by the high ball defensively. Watford will go high ball, but I don't think it's going to be as effective as Brentford did it. Before that, scoring multiple goals in multiple games. Look at their last few results. Three against Leeds, three against Palace, three against Brentford, two against Man City. They're going to score a lot of goals here. So I'd be looking at at least two, maybe three. I don't see Watford scoring, even if Alexander-Arnold is out. Saar is a threat. Emmanuel Dennis has been quite good. Ken Semmer, João Pedro haven't really offered much a great deal this season. Um, and from midfield, there's nothing bursting through for Watford. They used to have the likes of Decore coming through midfield and, and trying to impact the game. Those players are gone now. So in this game, go for a Liverpool win. Go for a Liverpool win without conceding. Try and double up with a Mo Salah to score. If you go, for example, I found this morning, Salah scores first and Liverpool win 3-0, was around 23-25-1. That's the kind of thing I'd be looking at. But all sorts of big Liverpool wins. Then, David, you were asking uh, what for to surprise pool. There you have your answer. This is a no. We have odds 2.38 if someone fancies Liverpool to win 2 nil, as Shuban is asking us. 2.38. Then our next game, Aston Villa-Wolves. We have pretty good odds, in my opinion. If someone fancies Aston Villa, 2.3 for them to win. It's true that they lost against Tottenham, but before we saw very two good uh, performances against Man United and against Everton and Wolves, back-to-back -back victories for them, so less pressure from for Bruno Lash, mm. but it was against Newcastle and Southampton, so home team here. I love the way you said Lars with a flourish there. I really enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, that was yeah. pleasant. That was a very pleasant um, experience for all of us. Um, this is a tough one. There's a lot of tough ones this week, actually, because if, if this game was two or three weeks ago, I probably would have said no chance Wolverhampton Wanderers and Villa run out comfortable winners. But Villa really disappointed me against Tottenham last time out. I didn't see them losing that game. And even when they've lost games this season, they've played well. Didn't think they played well particularly against a pretty poor Tottenham last time out. So that surprised me. Um, and it makes me lose some confidence in them. As for Wolves, the big story was they couldn't score a goal. They've since gone on to win two games in a row. A couple of goals against Newcastle, scoring one in the previous win against Southampton. You know, it was all about whether they could get Raul Jimenez to be back and scoring goals and looking confident. That looks like it's happening. He scored for Mexico yesterday, I think, in a, in a qualifier from the penalty spot. So he's back scoring goals regularly, should be back and able to play in this game. Uh, that being said, I still feel looking at the starting 11s, I still feel looking at the goal-scoring potential these two teams have. Ollie Watkins coming back to fitness and hopefully form at the same time for Villa will make a massive difference. I still think Villa have the edge. The home advantage will give the edge. A big derby in the Midlands will give them the edge. And so I'd be looking for a Villa win here. I'd be looking for Villa to win without conceding as well. I like the look of the Villa defence. We've said that a few times this season. Tyra Mings, Esri Concert, Courtney Hawes, Matt Target. Matt Cash, the goalkeeper, Martinez, who should be back uh, for this game. Hopefully, fingers crossed for them. Um, that should make a big difference as well. He's the best keeper in the league, I think, uh, for Aston Villa. And so I'll take Villa. I'll take Villa to win. I'll take Villa to win without conceding. If you're looking for a bet, I'd say over 1.5. I, I, I think Villa is going to score two or three here if they're going to win it. Mexico, they were playing against El Salvador. Very... Tough team. Uh, Shuban is telling us under 2.5 goals since Wolves uh, struggled 
to score uh, in most of the season. Our next game, Leicester City, Man United. I think Man United is going to be a nightmare for gamblers this season, as yeah. we are still so far. They are still in Champions League spots, but they are not in good form. They drew with Everton, one victory in the last four games. That was a very lucky one against uh, Villarreal. Remember that they have a crucial game in the Champions League against Atalanta. But also, no good uh, times for Leicester City. They were leading 2-0 away against Crystal Palace. They didn't win that game. Only one victory in the last seven games in all competition and was a League Cup game. Mm. Man United to win. Well, it's tough, isn't it? This is tough. You're right. Th these two teams, I think, are both gamblers' nightmares this season because they could play fantastically well and win confidently. And they, they could also go on to lose somewhat embarrassingly. Starting with Leicester, you mentioned their run just in the Premier League. It's two points from four games. They sit 13th at this stage of the season, a side that have been pretty much in the top four by the last two weeks of the last two seasons for the last two seasons. They are or look like a Champions League team in waiting. But this year, you know, when you watch a team and just something isn't there, there's a snap, there's a zing, there's a sharpness that isn't quite there. With a bunch of individuals. See, Nacho's not done it. Daka's not done it. Tielemans looks poor. And Didi has often been missing. And he's going to be missing in this one as well. Defensively weak. And I wonder whether the awful form of Soyonchu, the continual injuries to Evans, Fafana being missing, the lack of the alternative formation for Rodgers this season. He can't go three, then two in different games because the personnel aren't there. I think it's cost them massively. And they look like a side in desperate need of finding their rhythm. And at the moment, it just isn't there. Defensively weak, offensively, again, it's just about getting it to Vardy and open he takes the chance when it comes, which he invariably is still doing. But there's nothing else happening for Leicester right now. For Man United, this is why international breaks are rubbish, the way they work them in, in European football. Because you have five weeks, you get a break. Four weeks, you have a break. Four weeks, you have another break. And every time you come back, overworked players playing too many games come back injured. If this game was played before the international break, They'd have Varane, they'd have Maguire, and they'd have Luke Shaw, and they'd have the strongest possible back line out. Varane and Maguire are going to be missing in this game. That's a huge loss, because then what's left for United? Some second-rate defenders. Lindelof, Baez could possibly be starting in this game. You know, that is not a top-level central defensive pairing. That was the issue they had, and that's why they spent $150 million on Maguire and Varane combined. So, defensively, issues for both. The trouble is is that Man United are away from home, right? So what happens? I already can tell you the script of this one. Leicester will score early. That goal will be scored by Jamie Vardy. It may well be 1-0 at half-time. In the second half, Man United will come on strong. Ronaldo will level things up around 60 minutes, and they'll score the winner around 85. Both teams will score. Go Vardy to score first if you want something sexy. I found this this morning. Uh, Vardy scores first, and Man United win 2-1. It's 50-1. to Now, it's, it's crazy, I know. I'm not advising everyone do it. I'm just telling you I'm going to be doing that. I'll be putting my money on that this weekend. But I'd suggest Man United win. Both teams score. Look out for the Vardy and Ronaldo, both to score market. That's around 8-1. to one. Everyone agrees with both, both teams to a score, but it pays 178, 173. So it's not a lot. If you want to go for goals, easy over 2.5 goals. Abdul is telling us. Odds are 1.85 for over 2.5 goals. So more or less the same as both teams to score. <laughs> I like the script of, of the game. Uh, probably it will happen, actually. And Imagine also, that I happens. Think... 
if that happens, we've got to put that video out immediately afterwards to show people what a genius I am. Otherwise, delete this like it never happened. Okay, we do like uh, Men in Black. Yeah. Then we have Man City, Burnley. Um, last season was a 5-0. We saw 5-0 twice already for yeah. Man City playing at home, as you mentioned, actually. Um, can you expect also a 5-0 also? Because I guess uh, the citizens will be a little bit angry after the draw against Liverpool, although it's a good result, that defeat against PSG. They have a tough game in Champions League against uh, Bruges. And Burnley, they are very bad. We already know that. They got two points, at least in the last two games, against Norwich and against Leicester. 5-0. 5-0, 17-1. Take it now. Put your money on it. It's going to finish 5-0. I mean... No chance for Burnley in this match. Um, ben Mee missing as well. So it's Tukovsky and Kevin Long maybe at centre-half. You know, there's no real backup for Tukovsky and me anywhere near their quality. The only player worth paying money to play and uh, see play at Burnley is Max Cornet. And he's going to be missing in this game. So even the chance of a goal on the break, I think, is unlikely. And for Man City, a few players missing because of, of the, the issues with coming back from Brazil. You know, so probably no Jesus and... And probably no Edison, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The squad's an embarrassment of riches. I think um, this morning it was like 24 to 1 for Burnley to win. You can see there it's now 28 on Oddspedia. That'll go up and up and up. There's no chance of a Burnley win. 5 0 is the answer. Go for Man City to win in all sorts of forms without conceding over 4.5 goals. I would even get a bit daring here. 7 0. See what that is. It's worth a look. We have to look at Asian Handicap minus 2.5 to find odds, decent odds of 2.13, uh, of course. Huge favourite Man City here. Let's go to the next one. Norwich, uh, Brighton. I'm surprised mm. to see these good odds for Brighton, actually. We'll take them straight away. 2.21 because I'm following always your advice, Tom. Never bet on Norwich. Only one point so far, we just mentioned it, against Burnley. And we know that Brighton, they are six right now in the standings. They are very good, although they couldn't win the last two games against Arsenal and Crystal Palace. B-A-N, bet against Norwich. That is the rule for this season, all season long. They will win five games, so you'll lose five bets this season. You will win 33. Uh, if you just look at Premier League. So, bet against Norwich. For this game, I'm, I'm quite surprised at, at the odds for, for Brighton as well. Brighton played very well this season. Uh, they should have beaten Arsenal last time out. Arsenal clung on to a draw in that game. Uh, played all right in the end against Crystal Palace. and got a, a deserved draw in that one. Beat Leicester, beat Brentford. Good team, good players. Injury issues. Yves Bissouma won't get into it. Why he probably will be missing for this game, but he's likely to be missing for this game. Uh, is replacing Mwepu, probably going to be missing as well. So probably more Lallana in central midfield, but with a fortnight off, I think he should be able to handle it. Look, defensively strong, offensively looking good, creative. They can dig in for a result if things aren't going their way, like they did at Palace. And I, I fancy Brighton to win this game. For Norwich, what do you say at this point about Norwich City? Look, they, they battled manfully, didn't they, in that just diabolical game of football against Burnley. I sat through it so you didn't have to. Um, I told you it was going to be nil-nil. It did finish nil-nil. It was the most nil-nil match you ever saw in your life. Um, if, if Pookie gets a chance, he might score it. That's the only positive I can give for, for Norwich. They've got that Norman in midfield that looks all right, but he might be missing for this one. Look, look on various Brighton ways to win. I would go low scoring, Brighton win. That's a 1-0. That's a under 1.5. Uh, 
Uh, that's a Brighton to win without conceding. Brighton win a tight game. Not worth watching, but I think this is an easy bet to win. Yep, everyone agrees as well. Brighton to win, Brighton to win to nil, under 2.5. Brighton to win to nil is 3.6. I really like also those odds. Yeah. is much more difficult the next one. I think Southampton leads and these two teams, if they are not um, improving, they might have problems at the end of the season. They are both very close to the relegation zone, although Leeds got the first victory of the season before the international break against uh, Watford with Diego Llorente scoring. Rafinha might uh, be missing this one and he's playing very good for Brazil, yeah. actually. And Southampton, two defeats in a row against Chelsea Wolves, no victories yet for them this season and they are favorite despite uh, these records wow uh real surprise at that to be honest real surprise because southampton are going to be in the bottom four or five this season they're a poor team they're a poor team they're a championship squad they're, they're well coached as you've seen repeatedly from ralph hasenhutl but they're well coached in terms of they can do a 4-4-2 better than anybody else he can get square pegs in square holes and make them do their jobs but you need more than that in the premier league and they don't have it maybe they're only Premier League quality player, I would say, is James Ward-Prowse, suspended for this one, sent off in the last game. And so that's a massive loss. I, I just can't see that. Those odds are so surprising to me. Um, maybe it's the Rafinha issue because he's unlikely to play, much like the other Brazilians. He's got 30 or so hours to get back from a game playing for Brazil, then get into England to play the game. You know, all those issues there, I think it's unlikely he will play. I'm sure he'll want to play. I'm sure Leeds will want him to play, but I'd be surprised. Bamford's still missing. Uh, Calvin Phillips could be out. Cock, Ailing, a whole bunch of players missing for Leeds United. So it's a tough one, this, actually. I think the draw market's interesting, around 3.8, around 4. Um, and that's going up as, as the day has gone on. So it might be quite interesting as we get nearer to kickoff to put something on a draw. I would fancy double chance leads and draw looking at this one. I would go anything away from Southampton. 1-1 one, one draw, both teams score, looks quite likely as well. I just can't see a scenario where Southampton win it. So that really surprises me. The odds as they are, I think I'd be looking at double chance, double chance leads. Okay, um, the draw actually 3.82, as you said. Shuban is also telling us this. Rafinha is playing with Brazil in the Amazon jungle, actually, in Manaus. Well, there is a stadium there, but it's very close to the Amazon jungle. So, what a contrast, no? From the heat of Brazil and the rainforest to Southampton. Probably then we go to London, West London, actually. Brentford, Chelsea. This is a, I don't know if it's more derby this or QPR. You will tell me now. With Chelsea, because everything is very, uh, every stadium is very close. Yeah, I mean, there's like a little square in West London where four teams are, where Fulham, Chelsea, Brentford, and QPR are. You can walk there all to all to them in about 20 minutes each. Um, is it a derby? Not really. They barely play each other. That's the trouble. Um, but I'm not sure Chelsea have a derby because they have so much more money and more recent success than those close to them. I think they feel their biggest rivals are like Tottenham and Arsenal, maybe. But I'm sure Brentford will want to win, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. This is a very interesting one, actually. Chelsea, David Southampton in the last game, 3-1. Werner, wow, surprise, scoring one goal, but they are struggling lately. Defeats against Juve, against City and Bradford. We know that they are very good this season. Only one defeat so far at home against Brighton. They were able to beat your West Ham in the last game. Mm. one, no, for Chelsea. Very tough, actually. Look, Brentford, what I like about Brentford, I went to that game uh, the previous Sunday, the West Ham game, 
And I've done a couple of their games on commentary as well. And what's quite interesting is they are not a good team to watch. They're not a pretty team. You know, Norwich have come up and they've tried to be the best at football. And they're failing miserably. Brentford don't really care what you think about them. They might be everyone's second best team now. Everyone's going to hate them by the end of the season because they will outhouse their way to any point they can possibly get. They take ages over throw-ins. They take ages over free kicks. They waste time from the first minute and do whatever they can to nick the chance when it comes. That's how they got the draw against Liverpool. They went real old school. Uh, and similar to West Ham as well. They caught West Ham cold and deserved to win on the day. Um, and so they're, they're not a naive, newly promoted team. They're quite a streetwise team. So they're going to be a real problem for Chelsea. And Ivan Tony, you know, looks every inch the Premier League striker. Him and Mbuma up front look a real handful. Um, the Ivan Tony to score first market. Never all, never really like uh, first to score markets, but certainly he's around 10 to 1 to score the opening goal in this game. That's a long, a long bet for someone who actually looks quite decent in front of goal. And I think he will get a chance early in this game. So certainly look out for that. Um, but I, I just can't. The thing is that West Ham, I think, were caught cold in a day and Liverpool couldn't deal with a high ball. I do think Chelsea can deal with the high ball. However, when you consider there's a doubt about Rudiger, a doubt about Thiago, who's going to be in that back two? Back three for Chelsea. That could be an issue. Could be a massive game for someone like Andreas Christensen and can also be um, a discussion point for Marina Gradovskaya and those that buy the players and sell the players at Chelsea because they sold Kurt Zuma because they thought they were going to bring somebody in. Didn't do that. This would be a real Zuma match as it was last week because he would love that physical battle against Ivan Tony. But look, Chelsea haven't been at their best, as you mentioned, despite the fact they're top of the table. They weren't amazing against Southampton in victory. They struggled against Man City before that. They weren't incredible when they beat Aston Villa, despite the scoreline a couple of games before that as well. But um, I'd still look at Chelsea here. I'd still fancy Chelsea here. There's doubts about Lukaku, but they've still got Kai Havertz. They've still got uh, Timo Werner, who you mentioned scored in the Premier League, scored a couple of goals for Germany uh, in midweek as well. So I'd, I'd still fancy Chelsea here. Quite tight, though. Quite tight. I'd be looking at Potentially, both teams to score. Chelsea win. I'd be looking at two-one Chelsea. If you go over score lines, never go exact score lines, but that's what I'd be. That's the kind of score I'd be envisaging here. But I just can't see Brentford winning. I can see Brentford landing a glove. I can see them swinging punches. But this is the kind of game that a tuckle Chelsea isn't going to lose. Mm -hmm. Shuban is telling us Brentford can surprise any team. If someone fancies the surprise. Uh, double chance 1x 2.43 and also Kamel is asking about my glasses I'm wearing contact lenses today so you can know who Tom is and who Edu is because if we both wear glasses <laughs> now we are the same person so it's going to be difficult for the people also because of our English skills yep that's it. then on Sunday Everton West Ham this is a good one as well and tough one to call Everton they are very good this season at home at Goodison Park three games three victories last season we remember that they struggled a lot actually but with Benita this is another story they are coming from a draw at Old Trafford whereas West Ham they lost to Brentford but away also they are a very good team two victories one draw Tight one, not this one, as the odds. Yeah, I think it's a tight one, actually. Um, this is a game to me that's got to draw it all over it. Last season, West Ham won at Everton and Everton won at West Ham. They're two teams that kind of swim in a similar pool in that you think they could probably make the top six, but invariably finish between 8th and 13th for whatever reason. The wrong manager, the wrong players, injury lists, you know, whatever. They, they seem to find a way to get it wrong. Uh, West Ham were the exception to that rule last season. Everton, a couple of seasons previous, when they were when they were riding high. But 
Look, I think that Everton have done incredibly well considering Calvert-Lewin's been missing and might be missing for this one. Richarlison's been missing and might be missing for this one. Same for Seamus Coleman. Same for Alex Iwobi, Luca Dina. You know, a lot of senior players who would play have been missing and yet they've still been able to pick up results. Testament to the brilliant coach this Rafa Benitez. You know, a man that just knows, as I say to you every week, knows how to organise a football team. Um, and the form of, of Andros Townsend and Damari Gray, Solomon Rondon, Abdullah Decore, one or two others, have uh, been fantastic. And, and so they're well worth their place in fifth right now. For West Ham, I think that with a thin squad, they were going to get caught out post-Europa League a couple of times, as they were against Brentford last time out. They probably should have won that game, let alone lost it. The, the, the draw looked the most likely. Um, but West Ham away from home are very strong. I think that Declan Rice and Thomas Socek both looked knackered in the Brentford game, truth be told. And I would hope that they would be able to regain some fitness by Sunday. Their midfield pairing has been a bit off this season. Rice has been going forward more. Socek's been sitting back more. Not sure that balance has quite worked. Antonio didn't go away with Jamaica, so he's had two weeks off. That should see him fit again and, and fresh again, having again looked tired against Brentford. Um, look, I think it's going to be a draw. I think 1-1, both teams to score is most likely. But... West Ham right now have more fit players. If you were going to pick a winner, I would just shade to West Ham because three to one seems quite long. I think that, and they'll continue to drift, I think, as we get towards the weekend, them being the away team. But draw looks most likely, but I do have a sneaky feeling for the Hammers here. Asian handicap zero for West Ham, for instance, is 2.13. So you bet uh, and you back West Ham, but if there is a draw, you get your money back. The same odds, actually, as under 2.5 goals, 2.13 as well, if we don't see more than two goals in this game. Then we have Newcastle Tottenham. Someone was saying, oh, this, be careful, Tottenham is a trap. They might drop points with this Newcastle that they had big news because they are going to have a lot of money to spend in the winter transfer window, but by then they get they need to get more points. They only have mm. three. They lost two Wolves in the last game. No victories for them yet this season. And Sports, this is a very boring team to watch. David Aston Villa to one, three consecutive defeats in the Premier League before that. Only six goals scored in this Premier League. That's very little. What do you spell here? This is tough. This is one another tough one this weekend because Newcastle are a poor team with some pretty average players and a manager who we thought would be sacked by the time you and I had this discussion. Uh, he's not been sacked because apparently the, the Odins in Saudi Arabia, who are definitely not the Saudi Arabian royal family, definitely not, um, they can't understand why they would sack somebody with no replacement in mind. It's almost like they've gone into football with a semblance of common sense and business sense, which is weird. Um, but they've got no replacement for Steve Bruce. They said, well, keep him until you find somebody. Uh, that seems to be the storyline today, which is weird. Um, Newcastle as a city, whatever you think about the takeover, they have got rid of Mike Ashley and there is a heck of a lot of positivity around Newcastle at the moment with their fan base, which there hasn't been for a long, long time. This is a sellout at St. James's Park, which hasn't happened for a long, long time. Fans have been boycotting Newcastle games because they wanted Ashley out. So that could go a long way to lifting the Newcastle performance here. Um, no, Callum Wilson is a massive, massive blow to, to Newcastle. A continual story with Callum Wilson's career. He just can't stay fit enough for long enough, and we don't expect him back for this one. A doubt about Joe Willock as well, who hasn't recaptured his loan form since signing permanently. Newcastle remain. Give it to Sol Maximan. Hope he can do something magic. For Tottenham, 
Give it to Harry Kane. Hope he can do some magic. He's doing no magic. He's not taking chances, not scoring goals. He's, he's shooting ranges all over the place. Where does he play? What does he do? A brave coach right now would drop Harry Kane and go back to a front three that Spurs use so effectively against Man City without him. Bergwijn doubts about his fitness, sure, but they could find somebody else along with uh, Lucas Moura and Hung Min Son. Son, their most crucial player these days. Um, but I don't think he will. In truth, I don't know about this one. This is an avoid for me because on paper, you say Tottenham. You'd say Tottenham because of all the players and you'd say Tottenham because of how poor Newcastle are. But there's just something about football sometimes when the crowd feels positive, when you've got a big home game, a grey cloud has lifted above Newcastle. And if you've ever been to Newcastle, it rains all the time. So that's a miracle, right? Everyone is going to be real positive going into this game. So I would avoid it. My head says go Tottenham. My heart says look at Newcastle. But personally, this is an avoider for me. I've been to Newcastle, actually, nice uh, stadium, St. James's Park uh, in the middle of the city. Very nice atmosphere, very nice pubs around the uh, stadium. If someone like Abdul thinks that uh, Newcastle will not lose this game, we have double chance at 1.81 or the draw, 3.74, which is another option. This is a tough one to call. And the last one, this is on Monday evening, Arsenal Crystal Palace before the break. We saw a better Arsenal, at least. Uh, we saw four consecutive victories for them in all competitions before the draw against Brighton. Goalless draw, that was the last game for the Gunners. Now they have to play against Crystal Palace that they were able to draw against Leicester City after another draw against Brighton. That leads us to, is this going to be another draw? Yes, I would go draw here. I'd be looking draw here. Um, I think Arsenal's recent rejuvenation, impressive because of how poor they were all the way up to the thrashing by Man City. But they weren't great against Norwich, weren't great against Burnley. Tottenham were diabolical in the North London derby, which led to their win there. Their first real test was away at Brighton, and they were very lucky to come away with a draw. Though I suppose you could say they fought admirably against a home team in a tough environment in the driving rain for a draw. You slice that either way. As for Crystal Palace, you know, I was chatting to a couple of their coaches in the last week or so, and they tell me there's a real positivity around Patrick Vieira and Crystal Palace. The players are buying into what he is trying to do. Um, I know they conceded goals in the last couple of games, but they do look quite good defensively, actually. I like Anderson. I like Gay at centre-half. Um, they need to get... Milivojevic back fit again in starting games because without him, they do just lack that screen in front of the back four. And I think he should be fit uh, for this match. A long way off as we speak, but I think Palace can get something here. I don't see Arsenal blowing Crystal Palace away. I think Palace will be able to defend stoically. And you think about the, the ability to get on the break, right? And that's what you need in a game like this against Arsenal, who will try and dominate the match, but don't quite have the players to do so. I'd love Wilfred Zahar in my team if I'm breaking away. And you add that to people like Edouard and you add that uh, to one or two others. They have Crystal Palace. I think they can get something. So I'd be looking for a low scoring draw, which will be 1-1, potentially 0-0. But draw is what I'll be picking here. OK, odds 4.19 for the draw. Double chance for Crystal Palace is 2.38 if... Vieira is going to get points from um, Arsenal, from North London. Then, Tom... Let's see your ACA for this weekend. So I'm going three, three teams this weekend. I think it's a tough one. Post-international break, post-cup games, whatever. It's always difficult. 
Um, take Liverpool to win at Watford, obviously. Uh, despite the Ranieri factor, I think Liverpool will win. Man City will win their game against Burnley, but throw some spice on it to make some value. Always bet against Norwich. Take Brighton as well. So Liverpool, City, Brighton, three-team Acca. Thank you, Tom. Let's uh, enjoy again the Premier League. Remember, do not watch the new James Bond movie or the Sopranos movie. They are rubbish, so you can have more fun watching Burnley or Norwich City this weekend. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, everyone, as well, for watching the video with us. You can still leave a comment, of course, and tell us your predictions. And don't forget, and click on the like, subscribe, and click on the bell. Whenever we do live videos with Tom, you will know it. Tom. See you very soon and thank you. See you next time.